husband and wife, the husband is 100 years old. The wife is 95 years old. Married 75 years together. Somebody asked them what was the secret to their being so young and so, you know, their longevity. Husband says, very simple. Every time we have an argument, I diffuse the situation by walking away and I walk five miles. <laughs> and this happens often? Oh, yeah, almost every day. Well, okay, that explains your good health. What about your wife's good health? Well, she has to follow me to make sure I made the actual five miles. <laughs> Isn't love grand? We're in dangerous territory today because I really don't know what God's about to do. I have been working on this ever since Terry asked me to sit in for a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> I've got a couple things here, but who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? I do not like this position of not knowing what I'm about to say because I have, in time, said things I shouldn't have said. Not my fault. <laughs> What's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But interestingly enough, just a little bit ago, I got a text from somebody who I've never met who is strong in the prophetic. He is friends with Joel and Pat. I've never met him, never talked to him, but I get this. He sent me this. He said, you're going to look back on the last year soon and not see confusion not see painful heart healing, awkward confrontation, and the failure and standstill of your previous plans. But you will see how much God is sneakingly delivering you from the wrong situations, wrong relationships, outdated assignments, idolized doors and vision, limited mindsets, heart issues, trauma and untangle you from every web that you have had wrapped around you for years. So can't you see that I've been rebuilding you, says the Lord. Now watch as from this place I lay the bricks of the movement I have always longed for you to see. But you couldn't while you were still had your hand on the old plow. What an interesting way to phrase that. How can you get anywhere if you still got your hands on the old plow? God has got a new field for us to plant, a new field for us to grow, a new harvest for us to reap. But we can't do it if we're plowing the old field. There's a new field he wants us to plow. So we've got to get our hand off the old plow. He sent that to me. I don't know why. I'm sure he sent it to lots of people. He does that, but uh, I'm claiming it. But in trying to prepare <coughs> for this, 
God brought me to uh, an article by a man named uh, John Bloom. I don't know who he is. Maybe you do. But the scripture on this article, art article, oh, by the way, whoever did this, you're amazing. What other church would give you a coffee holder at the pulpit? I like it. <coughs> anyway, what this little article is about is basically First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.11, which says, encourage one another and build one another up. So we live in a deluge of discouragement everywhere, criticism, contempt, critique, correction. It's the native language of the fallen world, which I think is very true. Everywhere you go, it's negative. Doesn't matter what it is, it's negative. That is not the way to encourage anybody. The one reason that we are all looking for hope is because there is no hope in discouragement. Encouragement, there is. Because encouragement is spiritual warfare. Encouragement if we're going to encourage anyone, be aware that you're going to fight the devil because when you do it, because he don't want you doing it. You're going to fight him. You're going to fight your own sin. Your own sin. He's going to constantly remind you that you're not worthy to encourage anybody. His accusers will come after you day and night. The reference of that would be Revelation twelve ten, and his minions are frequently throwing flaming darts of condemnation, I can't speak today, and jealousy and resentment at us. But you got to resist them. Got to resist them. Our sinful nature wants to discourage others. That's just our sinful nature. It desires self-exaltation more than anything. So it relishes in focusing on other weaknesses, others' sins, out of arrogance or envy. Pride is the that is is why we so much why pride. Start over. Pride is why so much of what we think or say, or interpret, or hear about others, is negative and critical. That's pride. We don't think we want to discourage somebody, but if it makes us feel better, we'll do it. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? But God, the God of encouragement, has given us the weapon that is designed to defeat the enemies, and that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible was written for our instruction that through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And that when we have hope, we will have courage. Joseph, who was called Barnabas, 
he was called by the apostle Barnabas, which means, Barnabas means son of encouragement. Joseph Barnabas. <laughs> so I guess if you break it down, you could call him Joe Encouragement. But he had a, an eye trained to see the grace of God in whatever happened, no matter what theological controversy or persecution or financial crisis or criticism or failure, Barnabas had a resilient hope in God. When some threat discouraged, threat discouraged his friends, he would consistently remind them of God's promise in what, in such a, a a hopeful way that their courage would revive and that's what that's what we need to be like we need to be Barnabas people Barnabas people are those who soak in and store up God's word Barnabas peoples are by doing so are able to walk and talk in the spirit and when they talk they tend to only speak what is good for building up as fits the occasion. That is many, that may, excuse me, that may give grace to those who hear. This is not simply a call to stop thinking critically and be nice to each other. After all, Barnabas, the paragon of encouragement, clearly had a backbone. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Paul over Mark, but he was characterized by encouragement and not by combativeness or critique. Therefore, everybody is instructed from 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians, encourage one another. Now, I think I'm an encourager. I think I have been. I know I have been. In the different places that Terry and I have been to, God puts us in that place where I really have no other choice. I mean, that's what has to be done. We're there to encourage somebody. We're there to lift somebody up. We're there to help. We're not complaining. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to help. He wants us to encourage. He wants us to be a little bit more than we think we are. He wants us to add the seasoning we need to our lives. And by doing that, we help season the lives that we touch. We need a little bit of Old Spice. Little Old Spice. And the reason I say Old Spice, as everybody laughs, about 15, 20 years ago, I was, uh, I had joined a, it was a free membership at the time called Faith Writers Club, where you could write stories and articles and poems or whatever. You could write things and put them on this website and people would try to encourage you 
I'll accept for all the uh, grammar Karens out there. Oh, I love your story, but you spelled this wrong. Okay. But they would encourage you, and in some rare cases, people can buy your story. You can sell your story. And it was a free version back there. Today's not so much. Today you got to pay something. Okay, I get it. But I went back and I, I looked at all the things that I had posted and read some of the, the uh, critiques. Once I got past, past all the grammar and, and spelling errors that everybody was, was uh, commenting on, apparently half the people on this website are English teachers. Our English teacher wannabes. I found something that I wrote. Please bear with me. I may have grammar issues here. Thank goodness you can't see my spelling. But the title of this thing I wrote was Old Spice. And this was kind of written as in sort of in the form of a dream, like you might have dreamt something and you wrote it down. You have to understand at the time, I started, let me back up a second, I started writing things not because I had a sudden urge to write something. So I was working at, a, at the factory in, in Sedalia, at a wheel factory, working night shift. And uh, there was a lady who was on my team, I was a supervisor, who uh, she found out that the, the company had just started a policy where they're going to go back and check everybody's uh, employment records and those in certain positions, if they didn't have a high school degree, they got bumped out of those positions. I know it's crazy, right? Places owned by the people in the Netherlands, so don't figure that out. <coughs> so this little lady, name is Jeannie, she came to me and she was just in tears. She was one of the best workers we had, but she didn't have a GED. And she was going back to school to try to get it, and the one thing that she had to do to achieve her GED was to write a story or an essay. And she was terrified. I don't know what to do. I said, well, just, you got to do it. Well, I'll, it'll be terrible. Well, no, it's not hard. Trying to encourage her, and that she was just beside herself. Well, just pick a subject you like and write about it. I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's it's that's just hard to do. I said, No, I tell you what. You pick a subject. Give me a subject. Tell me something. I forget what it was. Okay, come back in a half hour. She came back in a half an hour. I wrote a story about it. You know, just off 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 the cuff. You know. Well, how did you do that? You've been through experiences all throughout your life. Just write it down. Delete the things that are a little bit, you know, but just write it down. That's all you have to do. You're not wanting you, they're not wanting you to write the next successful novel. Just write something. Okay. From that point on, I found out, <laughs> well, this is kind of fun. <laughs> so I started writing a few things. And got busy, put it aside. But this story, called Old Spice, 
So it's funny how the smallest things can have such a big influence in the individual to that you be, that later in life can bring up a memory. Even a smell can bring back a memory. A sound can trigger back a memory. Things that the most insignificant things can affect your attitude and perceptions as you mature, as you grow up. One of the most significant and lasting memories I have had throughout my young life began with the aroma of pan-fried chicken. I can still to this day remember that wonderful smell coming from mom's kitchen. Many, many years later when I had I'd left home and was living on my own, I tried to fix pan-fried chicken by myself. But the taste and the aroma were never the same. I thought I had done everything the same, but it wasn't the same. So I called my, my mom and asked for some advice. Perhaps she had a special recipe that she used to make her chicken that way. Or, or on the other hand, maybe it was because she cooked it in that big old iron skillet. She assured me that I had been doing everything she did correctly. Nevertheless, it wasn't the same. So I, I shared my dilemma with her. Excuse me. I shared my dilemma with an uh, elderly woman who I had met at work and told her the situation. And she reassured me that, indeed, I was preparing the chicken properly. But I had forgotten one key ingredient that made my mother's chicken so special. Old Spice. So now I'm confused. Did she mean the cologne? I was sure my mother did not put any cologne in the chicken recipe. But the lady just smiled and shook her head and said, someday you'll understand. At that time, I was living in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was. And being from a smaller town, I would often spend time walking around the heart of the city just amazed by the variety of characters on streets. Artisans of all kind would line the city sidewalks, musicians, painters, mimes, poets. They all transformed the streets into a festival of, it, of entertainment. And I recall watching a, an older man as he set up his easel and his brushes stare at a blank canvas for several moments, seemingly waiting for just the right moment to begin. One could tell exactly when that inspiration hit him because the brushes and the pencils seemed to come alive. Just an amazingly creative genius. There in the center of this busy metropolitan setting, he created a wonderful scene of a remote mountain village. The detail was so impressive that you could almost see the trees swaying in the breeze and the tiny trail of smoke dissipating from the, into the clouds from the chimney of one of the cabins. So impressed was his talent that I asked him how is he able to show so much passion in his work. He smiled and simply said, Old Spice. Old Spice? I don't understand. I pray that someday you will be 
replied as women. Someday you will, uh, will, he replied. Someday you will understand, he replied. Okay. As he gathered up his painting tools and vanished into the crowd. I tried to follow the painter, but ultimately lost him in the, the, of, the sea of uh, shoppers and tourists. Soon I came upon a small park where children were playing, and I decided to rest for a time on a bench near a playground. And as I watched children playing, I noticed a young boy and a young girl uh, playing together. They jumped and laughed and had a wonderful time as their grandmother watched over them. I could not help but notice that when one would fall, the other would help them up. And they would in turn share all, this, all the, the rides, all the slides, all the swings, and never treat each other with anything less than the care and respect. I was impressed by their behavior. I went to the grandmother and complimented the children on their attitude, saying that it was refreshing to see children raised with that type of loving, caring attitudes today. What was her secret? And she said, Old Spice. Once again, I left confused. What was this Old Spice? As I walked through the bustling throngs of street people, the, those two words kept repeating themselves in my mind. The more I pondered, the mystery of Old Spice, the more it confused me. I no longer noticed the crowd around me, nor did I have any sense of time until I found myself in front of a small church. And on the marquee of the building were these words, when the world leaves a bitter taste in your mouth, add the Old Spice. Then it hit me. It was not an ingredient, it was an attitude. Many years have passed since that day. Life has occasion, as on occasion, left both a, a bitter as well as a sweet taste of my life. I'm now a father and a grandfather, and through it all, I have found that living a full and blessed life requires a lot of old spice. That old spice defined as love, passion, dedication, commitment, patience, discipline, persistence, faith, and understanding. That's what my mother used to make the chicken taste the way it did. That's what my wife uses in her taking care of our household, our kids, and our grandkids. Old spice. It's the passion of the artist as he created the masterpiece or the grandmother as she strives to teach morals. Respect, dignity to her grandchildren as spice is defined in the dictionary as something that adds flavor. It adds zest or relish. Life without old spice is bland, tasteless, useless, meaningless, Void of faith or direction. So if you find your life lacks the flavor it should, or you no longer find any relish or zest in the world, just, just add the old spice. 
Otherwise, pass the salt. We're missing a lot of that today. The generation coming up has no passion for anything but themselves. Too many churches gather together simply as a, okay, we came, but there's no passion. There's no genuine flavor. We all have flavor. And looking out on this group, we got lots of flavors. flavor of love and compassion and caring what we stand for is God's kingdom elevated what we strive for is to bring more people into that kingdom what we are passionate about is going there together behind our pastors and we continue to lift them up and we will not stop we're going forward. You're in front. You're in front. You're in front. Whatever we need to do to come alongside, whoever it is, for whatever reason, I'm here to say oh, we'll be there. We'll be there. look forward to a life of filled with old, old spice. Flee from youthful passions, it says. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Would you stand with me and pray with me?